God's word that we'll consider is from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 there. If you want to keep that open in your own Bibles, I encourage and invite you to do so. Let's pray as we hear that word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for gathering us this morning. And as we look forward to the, uh, the Christmas season and the Christmas event that is to come, we pray that you would prepare us pro- appropriately for that time. Let us look then with confidence, not only to the, the birth of the, the historic birth of our Savior Jesus, but also to his future coming, and stand firm in our waiting. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I had a good chuckle the other week, and maybe you did as well, when I was watching the, uh, the address from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Dr. Caldoun stood up there, and she said uh, a number of things, and then she closed, and she said, please take care of your physical and your mental health. And I thought that was very nice of her to say. And then I thought to myself, wait a second, you just closed the bars, you closed the casinos. If I take your words really strictly and I don't take the exemption, you closed the churches, you restricted my multifamily gatherings. Uh, How am I supposed to take care of my mental health? Right, I mean, there's no bars, right? Uh, Now, I understand what she was trying to do, but that's simply illustrating the, the challenge that we have all experienced. 2020 has been difficult on many fronts, and we have seen uh, abuses and depression, anger, violence, uh, divorce, and a number of other things on the rise. It'll take a couple of years for the statistics to all come in, so we know where it stands. I'm thankful that I've seen a couple of individuals find new footing Um, and and new strength within themselves to stand. I don't know exactly all of the things that happened in their life, right? But they somehow have come to new footing in this difficult time, and they have new strength as they pass through it. Uh, And and I've seen that in a couple of different instances. I I saw a a gentleman uh, who dealt with alcoholism, some things have changed in his life, and he, he found a new, new strength in it, a new inner conviction to work with the alcoholism, and, and he found some kind of like a, a new basis, a new foundation to approach the challenges of his life. Uh, I saw it in another individual who had a lot of guilt from his past. He, you know, he got through it. He's, he's working through an, a new inner conviction in this time of trouble, and he has some new foundation. Now, these are incredibly subtle things, and, and they certainly don't take away all of the problems. And, and I mean that, in, like looking at it, I've seen it in another married couple. Their relationship has found a new conviction, a new strength, uh, and they've got some solider foundation. It doesn't take away all the problems, and, and maybe it's not a universal experience, but I can say, you know, it has happened to some people. There's this new strength, there's a new conviction, a new foundation as they work through these troubles. This is something that God has done a number of times for people in the past, and it's a a supernatural thing. It's an awesome thing that he promises, and we get to see it in somebody like uh, even the famous example of Martin Luther. Martin Luther, you know, he experienced plenty of troubles and trials in his childhood especially, or in his younger years especially. Uh, You know, he he almost died on the road one time in an accident. Uh, He was estranged from his father for many of his uh, his formative, you know, his 20s, 30s, that kind of, those kinds of years of his life. And he faced incredible political fo- conflict. You think our politics are bad? Uh, you should try to join the politics in the 1600s, 1500s. Uh, and then finally, he had to stand trial one time for all of the things that he had written. 
he was called to trial one day. He was so, uh, what? So confused and, and so overwhelmed by the moment. He stood trial and he spoke so quietly, nobody in the room could even hear him. He was so timid. Uh, and, and then it, it's as if some kind of remarkable change came over him because then the next day he stood trial again. And that's when he made his famous statement, not with pride or with arrogance. Everybody who was actually in the room says he was very calm about it, but he, he calmly said, no, I will not recant or retract what I've written. Here I stand. Uh, God help me. Amen. That is the kind of, of position that God can, wants to bring each of us to as we experience incredible trouble uh, and trials in our lives. It's the thing that we hear from Paul to the Thessalonians this morning. He says, stand firm. Stand firm. Can, can you say you stand firm in the troubles and the trials? Paul invites each of us to do the same thing because he is looking at the Thessalonians. He looks at the Thessalonians and he sees all the troubles and the trials, the challenges that they have experienced. They have lost friends and family, uh, probably not to a, a pandemic, but in something else. They've faced and experienced persecution. And somehow they've, they, there's this idea floating around that the world has already ended and they're very alarmed and startled by it. Paul then looks at all of them and he says, I thank God for what you're going through. And, and you think, well, wouldn't that be a cool thing? If, if somebody could look at me and see me as I stand in, in go through all my troubles and trials, and, and they could say, I thank God for what you're going through. I thank God for you and the things that you get to experience. Uh, and why does he get to say that? He, why does he say, I thank God for you? Well, it's because of what he says here, he, he says, God chooses us to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. That's why God is, why Paul is thanking God for them. Now, do you see this, that this is, this is really specific Christian gospel teaching? Where God says, he chooses you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. That is something that is uniquely Christian. And, and what I mean by that, let, let's break that out. Traditional thinking uh, would have told the Thessalonians something like, you've come from good families and you take care of your ancestors, you worship the gods. If you're doing the good things in life, then everything will be okay. So stand firm. That would have been a traditional message. And the Greco-Roman society, the, the Jewish society parts of it, they said that. Other, a modern message would have sounded something like this. You work hard. You're successful Thessalonians. You've done a good job in life. And so everything will be okay. Stand firm. Stand tough. It'll be, you'll get through these tough times. Right? That would have been a good modern message. And maybe modern irreligiosity could have gone so far as saying, look, it'll all be okay no matter what. Because it just, right, it, no matter how it all works out, it'll all be all right. It's, it was so different what Paul said. All of these things were ways to try to give these Thessalonians a, a, a path, a, you know, a foundation as they experienced trouble, as they experienced this trial. And I'm pretty sure that if any of you have gone through trouble and, and trial, you've been told something similar. 
I remember one time, you know, when I was struggling with a, a job um, and, and I had all these questions, you know, am I doing a good job at this job? Is this job a good fit for me? I asked a, a mentor about this and he said something like, you know, you show up, you do the work. Hey, you're, you're there, right? Stand tough. Just stand firm. You'll get through it. You keep holding on to your, your convictions about this. And I, I remember thinking, okay, thank you. You're, I know you're trying to encourage me. But then I also reflected and I said, wait a second here. I'm telling you that I feel like I'm the problem. I've gotten into this situation and I have all of these messages from my, my job context telling me I'm the issue here. And now you're telling me I need to stick to my guns. I need to be firm. That doesn't make any sense to me, right? Why would I be firm when I'm not sure if I'm doing the right thing even? That's the modern message though. That's where we get stuck on this. The gospel message goes completely differently, right? The gospel here where Paul says is, is where Paul says God chooses you to be sanctified by the Spirit, he chooses us to be saved by the sanctifying of the Spirit. See, God chooses people who be simply because he wants to work in them. He chooses people that he can work in in the good times and in the bad times. He chooses people he can love. He chooses people not who can, can necessarily love him or are so able to return some kind of love to him. And so his message to them is to say, it's not stand firm because of who you are. It, it's not stand firm because of what you're doing. And it's not stand firm for no reason at all. It's stand firm because I'm at work with you. There's a classic illustration of this. Uh, and I'm going to just kind of tweak it for our own purposes here. I want you to imagine a, a pretty wealthy business owner. Not a mom and pop kind of shop, okay? Like a GM, big business owner kind of place. Okay, so you got this, this wealthy business owner and he comes to a group of 20 homeless people one day. He comes to these 20 homeless people and he sees them all. Now he could give them each $5. He could give them each $20. It wouldn't make any difference to him. We would just look at it and we would say, wow, look at that generosity. Look at that kindness. Look at that, look at that mercy. But he, he doesn't. We don't know why, right? He doesn't, he doesn't give them any of that money. Maybe it's because he thinks they're lazy. Maybe it's because uh, he doesn't want to reward bad behavior. And he thinks they somehow misbehave to get to this point. He doesn't know. But so certainly what they can't say is, they can't walk around and say, uh, you know, me and the GM owner, we're tight. We're friends. He's, he accepted me. He's chosen me. They, they can't say that. And he might not hate them, but they certainly can't say he loves us. Now, if the, the owner, if she, we'll just flip to a person because it could be a she, right? If she came up to them and she said to them, okay, which ones of you uh, have family members who work for GM? brothers, sisters, moms, dads. And she said, okay, you guys here, here's 20 bucks for each of you. We might all look at that a little askant and say, wait a second, you're giving them 20 bucks just because they're born into the right family? Right, but certainly they, then the homeless people would walk around and say, well, hey, we are loved and we are accepted. He chose us because of our family. Uh, and if he came up to them and if he said, or she said to them, here's 100 bucks if you come and work for me for the day. I'll give you a hundred bucks, come and, and work for the day. Well, then we might say as Americans, hey, that's great. That's what we like to see. Workers should get paid. Uh, and certainly then the employees would say, she chose us for our work. She chose us so that we could work. And because we worked, we got our hundred dollars. 
What would be absolutely shocking in the whole situation, I think, would be as if, if she said, look, I need to go and work today. I've got a janitor who called in sick, and, and so I'm going to go be the janitor for the day. I need to scrub the toilets, uh, I need to mop, mop the floors, and I've got to take out the trash. And I invite any one of you to come along with me and just watch me work for the day. You watch me work, and I will give you things. Uh, if you watch me take out the trash, I'll give you a wheelbarrow, and maybe you can wheel your things around. Uh, if you watch me mop the floors, I'll give you a broom so you can sweep stuff up wherever you go. Uh, and if you watch me clean the toilets, I'll give you 20 bucks. You can have 20 bucks. And if you watch me the whole day, if you just stay with me the whole day, I'll give you $1,000. That would have been right, pretty neat. Now, maybe the homeless people would take it. Maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they would look at that and say, well, that's super weird. Why would I want to spend the whole day with you and just watch you? Uh, and you'd say, well, if you want to work, you can, but it won't make any difference. I'll give you the $1,000 whether or not you're working. Uh, but what they would certainly have to say is, we got everything we got only because of her generosity. And we, were, we know we were chosen we know we are, are accepted here simply by the fact that we were along for the experience, right? We were along for the ride. Friends, this is, this is what God is saying. The gospel is the only message that says you are accepted and you are chosen in someone else. It has nothing to do with the work that we've done. It has nothing to do with who we've become. God is the only one who can look at us and say, I I have, I have chosen you, I have more life, I have more glory, I have more honor to give you than you could possibly imagine. Don't you know this? And I would be glad through my good news to give you this glory. That's why he closes up this section and he says here, he says, he chose you through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. The glory of Jesus is his death and his resurrection. And the more you see that death and that resurrection at work in your life and the, more, uh, and the lives of others, the more sanctified we will become. That's how it works, right? We are sanctified and, that, and we stand firm. So let's do this, huh? Let's see if we can be sanctified and stand firm. I saw a neat example of it uh, the other day. It was from a, a man named J.D., a Christian pastor named J.D., and his Muslim imam friend, uh, Abdullah. Now, Abdullah had been invited to, they were friends for quite a few years. Abdullah was invited to speak at this liberal Christian college regarding uh, the Christian faith, and he was in a discussion with a Christian professor there. The, uh, he came back afterwards, and he told J.D., you know, actually, it didn't go very well. It, it was very badly, and he said this. He said, the prof there, every time the Bible came up, the Christian professor seemed embarrassed. Uh, Abdullah went on, he said, your Christian world faces a dilemma. On the one hand, there are people who believe in the Bible. And at least in some places, they seem to have a very uncharitable spirit toward Muslims. On the other hand, there are people like this professor who don't believe the Bible, and yet they have a very charitable spirit toward us. He said, your Christian world feels like there's only two alternatives. Believe the Bible and be mean, or deny the Bible and be loving. And what I, I want to see, what I need to see, what they need to see is to see you, what I see in you. 
you believe everything in the Bible. You believe that when I die, I will not go to heaven. And yet, even you, even still, you have a charitable spirit toward me and my family, and, and you genuinely want to be my friend. There really aren't very many people who are good at standing firm, are there? Uh, on the one hand, there seem to be so many people who, who have no sense that they've been set apart, that they are getting sanctified, that they've been chosen. So they have no strength. They're not standing at all. On the other hand, there are so many people who have been, st- are standing on their own strength. They have no sense at all that it's, it's their own strength. They're not standing on, on any other foundation, on any other strength. What we need is people who can stand firm because they've been sanctified. Because they have been set apart through this work of God. That is what the word of God can do and does do in each of us. There should always be something about God's word that, that pushes on, on each of you and me. Some challenge in it. And, and maybe for some of us, it's some of the, uh, the ethical teachings, the moral teachings in the Bible. Those are the really challenging things. Uh, maybe for others of us, it's the, the, the more, we could say, doctrinal teachings in the Bible, right? The, more, the ideas about God. All of these things, they're going to be always pushing and challenging us. Right? Because what you can't have when you read the Bible is the Bible, a Christian can never be arrogant, you can, I don't see how you can, as a Christian, say, God is on this project to fix me and to work on me, and, and I'm so proud of who I am. What, what we have to be able to say is, God is on this project to work on me, to fix me, and I'm proud, I'm glad that he is sanctifying me, that he is working on me, and that's where I'm going to stand firm. So let's, let's be sanctified and, and stand firm. Right? We are sanctified. And so we stand firm. Let's pray. Dear Lord, especially as we think about the end, it's easy to get panicked. Uh, we, we worry about all of those things, and we, we can f- either rely on our own strength, we fall back on our own convictions, and that's where we stand firm, or we lose even any sense that we are set apart, that we have some sort of strength, and we just we, we fall apart. We pray that we would let, you would let us see your death and your resurrection at work in us and in the lives of others, that we might be more and more sanctified. And then we can stand firm. Stand firm on your convictions, on your word that has revealed to us the truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's join together.